Yo, you better look out, Lance Wackley. I'm going to come get you. I'm going to take my shirt off. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it like a baby with a, with, a, with a cast on his arm up your butt. And I'm going to come get you too, D-Simon. Don't think I didn't forget about you. You guys got to watch out. You got to watch out. You start dating like retarded women. You get like too strong. Yeah. All right. I'm going to come get you guys. All right, bye, Lance Wackley. Sick and wrong, you're a piece of shit. Sick and wrong, you both can suck my dick. Sick and wrong, D and Lance. D sucks Lance's dick when he pulls down his pants. It's sick and wrong, sick and wrong, you're a mess. He likes to wear a lady's dress. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Lance Wackerly. God, I love that intro. <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not the most professional recording, but it's, it's pretty good. Per, it's perfect for this show. Some of and the I, writing is a little <laughs> st- stretched, <laughs> forced. I didn't know that infants listen to the show either. I didn't know they were such good music musicians, yeah. music makers. I, I'm surprised. So, Wackerly, uh, you appear so calm and cool and collected during such calamity. What calamity? Never <clears throat> before have we had such a threat to our civil liberties as Americans. And here you are, just relaxing in your house with a beer, not even the least bit irked. <laughs> I don't get irked. That's I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I don't, maybe you're the maybe screen, you haven't you're the heard screen the writer. news. Maybe you haven't heard the news, but um, Michelle Bachman signed a pledge. I mean, I guess it's like a marriage vow, but it's a a pledge from an influential pro-family group pledging to abolish pornography. And she said pledging that she signed this pledge. Pornography. It was one of the vows saying that there will be no more pornography if she's elected president. I'm sorry, but you will never take my goddamn porno away. You won't. Don't ever. That's just tread. A, that's like pledging to blow up the moon. I know. I, I, I don't get it. I guess She's power, okay, so, even if she were to become president, she would be powerless to do that. Well, okay. Too many, too many people like porn. Exactly, and it's, I mean it's a you know multi gazillion dollar industry, and there's just there's just no way that she's going to be about to abolish porn. I mean, who's she going to team up with Steve Jobs and control the world? I mean, it's just not going to happen. Should, I think she should team up with Steve Jobs and do porn. <laughs> <laughs> Skinny cancer body and Michelle's like Botoxed frozen face I would watch it That would be foul But okay so The family leader Which is an influential pro-family group in Iowa Will ask each of the 2012 presidential candidates To sign a pledge That professes everything from marital fidelity To embracing a federal marriage amendment Uh, the, The pledge has a total of 14 points It's called the marriage vow a declaration of dependence upon marriage and family. 
And some of the points uh, within the documents are as follows. Uh, personal fidelity to his or her spouse, appointing faithful constitutionalists as judges, opposition to any redefinition of marriage, and here it is right here, humane efforts to protect women and children with the abolition of sex trafficking and pornography. <laughs> there you well, go. Sex trafficking is prostitution. Uh, okay, I, I can see that. I, can, I agree with that. But pornography... It's not going to happen. And so she's the only candidate. Abolition is the word that they use, huh? Yeah, abolish uh, pornography from children. Mm-hmm. So children can actually grow up without uh, being, you know, with, with this negative influence in their lives. And she's the only one that, uh, that has signed this pledge thus far, but she, she was uh, all about it. She's the only person who signed it? Yeah, I'm surprised Mitt Romney hasn't jumped up on the Are you saying the only horse. major politician who signed it or the only actual person who signed it? No, no they, they asked the, each of the 2012 presidential candidates oh, to sign it. Oh, she's the only presidential candidate. So she's it. the only one that actually signed it. But you know what blows my hasn't, mind about... Hasn't the, hasn't the Supreme Court already ruled that pornography is part of free speech under the Constitution? She can't just go changing the Constitution on us. I don't know. I mean, she wants to appoint faithful constitutionalists as judges. But what do you think? She... What do you What do you think Clarence Thomas is going to say if you try and abolish por- pornography? <laughs> oh, oh, now, woman, let's uh, back it up here a second, woman. Now I'm a conservative, like and I know you're a conservative, and I do like the white women, and you are quite fine. <laughs> but don't be touching my pornos, Michelle Bachman. Though that that woman is out there, I'm a. I'm seriously just completely shocked that she's the number two presidential candidate right behind Mitt Romney. And she's gaining. Who says that? I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of shocking? Aren't you a little surprised by that? I mean, judging what about by that black platform, pizza man? <laughs> what? What about the black pizza man? Oh, the, uh, yeah, that guy. I don't think that guy's going to be uh, winning anyone's uh, votes of confidence there. Uh, mine? <laughs> All he has to do is send me a coupon for a free pizza, and I'm there. Is that like the guy that owns Hungry pizza. Howie's? I think I thought it was Roundtable. Maybe it is Hungry Howie's. I love Hungry Howie's. They can't get it out here, though. But I love pizza. He's probably a more successful businessman than Donald Trump. Yeah, I would think so. Well, that, he was just a joke candidate. I think there's uh, the Black Pizza Man. Whatever. I should probably find out his real name. I think he's a serious person. I think his real name is Black Pizza Man, actually. <laughs> Pizza Blackman? Black. <laughs> but the, okay, so the funny thing about it, Sorry, I you don't can't really derail. But we're talking about Romney and Bachman. Bachman's number two, and I think I think it's Palenti that's behind. It. I don't even think Newt Gingrich is in the running anymore. But what's no, funny all about of his these staffers left? You can't take any of these candidates seriously right now. I mean, Giuliani was like the front runner. Throughout the, uh, I think a year before the election, all the way up until like six months, and all of a sudden, old man McCain ended up uh, besting him. So right now, Hold I mean, on, he's... Sonny, I'm next in line <laughs> to be president here. <laughs> so right now, it's I think she's getting a lot of press because I, I think she did well in the uh, Republican debates or some of the presidential candidate debates they held a month ago. Did but you listen to those? My my favorite part about this uh, about any election, but definitely uh, right now is. When you start seeing all of the, the, the families and the spouses of, a, of the potential candidates. And so when, when the reporters and the commentators get bored with examining their positions and their biographies and their records, they start focusing on how fucking weird or not weird their families are. And we're kind of getting to that point right now with Michelle Bachman. 
Can we go back before you start that, though? Do you find her hot? Because I thought you said we examine her position in rectum. <laughs> and I got distracted. She's kind actually, of hot. I actually kind of find her more... I find her more attractive than Sarah Palin. And she's, like, kind of... Old. How old is she? 56 or something? No, oh, she's I, way hotter I, than Sarah Palin. But I also think it's funny that they, they're trying to play her off as the smart Sarah Palin, but she seems pretty <laughs> fucked-hearted herself. <laughs> Like she's I've constantly seen down, making children gaffes. with Down syndrome smarter yeah. than Sarah Palin, but no, I, uh-huh. but yeah, th- that's what they're saying. She's the educated Sarah Palin because she's read books. She was born in 1956, which means how old is she? 1956. So Let's she's see. a because she's got to be like 56, 57. That's a, that's 55. Or 55, 55. Yeah, well, and then there's that whole book thing. The, so the, uh, the, the Associated Press, whoever gathers these articles up that then appear everywhere, like she said she read a bunch of books, and they just sort of take her word for it. Nobody quizzed her on any of this shit. Did they like, ask her like, which how, book she read? Like, did they, or, did they mention you know, what the title? What she likes, what she read, what influenced her. And, and she's talking about, like, Ludwig von Mises, or however the fuck you say his name, which is like a hardcore... Economist right? from yeah. you know like the the olden days. No, even people who have PhDs in economics don't just read those books. Like if you're not an economist, a scholar, economic scholar, you, you don't read that book and be like, oh, I'm really enjoying myself. This is so interesting. She's what were they shit. saying that she was reading it in her leisure time? Like that's her her summer reading by the pool. Well, she said that, and then obviously later she said, well, I was just joking. I obviously wouldn't take it to the beach. But, but even, the, even just the concept that she would read a book like that, like a hardcore economics tome from the past. Well, I think it's good that Republicans can actually read. I think most of the uh, <laughs> potential candidates that we've had in the past, uh, the only book that they've been reading is the Bible. So it's kind of right, nice that she's right. reading something other than the Bible. Yeah. However, she doesn't. But, but even... I, I, I don't necessarily believe that she read it. I mean, let's get the let's get the pop quiz out. You don't have to get you don't have to go deep, but just some basic things that were in the book. <laughs> so, okay, so she's hot. You think she's hot, and she's she's definitely attractive, more attractive than Sarah Palin. But think about this, Wackerly. She squeezed out twenty three children out oh, of that she, vagina. Those were, those were foster kids. You burp. Oh. <laughs> she did squeeze out. Does five, she have though. any real kids? Like she any did biological out five, children? She did squeeze out five, which is pushing it on your vagina. Yeah, that's... Pushing it out of your vagina. It's pushing the limits of what your vagina will snap it back from. It tests the elasticity of the vaginal yes. region. So uh, so 23 would be I'd be, be willing to question. go in there on an exploratory mission. That's all I'm saying. That's find out territory what to me. No, but it's not. <laughs> anyway, so so the thing is with, with Michelle Bachman, now she's kind of coming to the forefront. There's I think the, the public is starting to recognize that she's a, she's a contender. And then, uh, and and now we're getting to the point where they're actually focusing beyond just the candidates because it's narrowing down to the top like four or five. They start going to the, the, the candidates' family. It's like Mitt Focus Romney. Focus on the family. Mitt Romney's <laughs> kind of he's kind of got the Mormon super family. Kind of weird, but not really. He only, I think he has three sons. That's not. A, she has more kids than him. Yeah, the, I mean, the, he's pretty. Other than the his religious beliefs, he's a pretty normal dude. Just normal white guy, businessman. Yeah, he's a kind of a nerd. <laughs> he's got a nerdy voice and a nerdy look. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, no one's really even focused on his family because they're like, "Yeah, not newsworthy. Totally boring." You know who they doesn't, I, aren't his kids? Doesn't he have weird kids' names like 
like log and I don't know fucking barn log. door or something like just weird like Jebediah. I mean, like his, just his name's Mormon Mitt, names. right? His name's Mitt. <laughs> his, his kids have weird names too. I'm too lazy to look it up. You know who I who I find kind of interesting and definitely I could I could see playing the role of like a Corilla Deville type of characters. Callista Gingrich. Have you seen a picture of her? Yeah, she looks exactly like John McCain's wife. She's kind of well. She's really blonde. She's a bit younger than Cindy McCain, but she's got those crazy, crazy McCain eyes. Yeah, you know? she's a DC. She's a DC, you know, trophy wife. Yeah, she's DC a, conservative trophy wife. Well, she was once his mistress, and then he ended right. up uh, marrying her. And, and you know, he doesn't have sex with her anymore. That's why he has to buy her all those baubles, like rich, expensive. I think he Tiffany's would if he diamonds. could find his. If he could find his cock, he might, but it's <laughs> quite the prospect nowadays for Newt. I, I don't mind Newt. People think that Newt's like an ass, but I think he probably is an asshole in his real life, but I think he's like serious, like has serious political ideas, whether they're right or not, who the fuck knows. I just think his character, it's just too easy to uh, disparage his character. Yeah, his character, I don't think But I think he's, I think he's genuinely smart. Like if he tells me he reads a book, I don't feel the need to quiz him about it. Yeah. Well, so people like kind of focus... You know, initially they they mentioned Callista Gingrich. They they mentioned a lot of uh, of uh, Newt's Newt's discretions in the past. Indiscretions. Um, indiscretions in the past. I, I mean, but I think the standout star so far of the of the families and spouses of the Republican candidates has got to be Dr. Marcus Bachman, Michelle Bachman's husband. Have you seen this guy? I've heard him. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen one picture. Oh, how should we even approach? How should we even approach this? I think he'll. All I gotta say is, I think he'll make one hell of a first lady. But let's. Oh, see, you don't don't blow the punchline. Let's <laughs> let's start with the beginning. So they met in college. He's obviously a conservative guy, and he's actually a therapist who runs a. He runs one of these clinics where they cure people from being gay. Yeah, a creepy pray away the gay clinic. <laughs> is that like dude, how do you called. do that do you do it like when your parents try and get you to stop smoking when you're a kid and they make you smoke a whole pack like do they make you go in a room and suck like 30 dicks in a row <laughs> 30 dirty dicks well it's called okay so he opened up it's a christian counseling clinic and it's been rumored right. to perform reparative therapy which he denies it and while oh, he denies the, that they do that he denies it he won't come out clearly and concisely say okay definitively say that they do reparative therapy but he reiterates the notion every time he's asked about it that gay and lesbian individuals choose to be attracted to people of the same sex and so does michelle bachman she espouses that homosexuality is a choice you were it's a choice that. that they think people should not be making yeah but he claims, though, that, and he's been quoted, if someone comes in a homosexual to the Christian Counseling Clinic and they want to stay a homosexual, he doesn't have a problem with that. Oh, well, that's bullshit. But they have to that's admit... Like, that's, like, that's like the Christian, you know, like, uh, like uh, fertility clinic. Like, well, if people, if girls want to have an abortion, that's fine. We'll, like, direct them to the resources. I mean, meanwhile, they're fucking demonized as they're walking through the hallway. Yeah, but yeah, he, sa- he says fun. if you want to stay a homosexual, that's fine. But you have to stay after class for some private tutoring. That's just right. him and, and, and that person that wants to remain a homosexual. Oh, really? Yeah, Why do they one, do that? One, a little one-on-one tutoring goes on there. It's private tutoring. I don't know what goes on there. Okay. But anyway, but if you look at him, he's, he's endorsed ex-gay groups in the past. And he claims, 
And, and, and Marcus Bachman's endorsed extra groups herself and both claim that they will present the truth about homosexuality. But Dr. When? Marcus Bachman... What, what are they waiting for? She doesn't have to be president to present the truth. Well, what's funny about... Well, I think that's what I they're trying to do with the... I want to know the truth about homosexuality. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do with the, the XK clinics, clinics is to prove that it's a choice and it's, it's, it's not... You, know, you weren't born being a homosexual. And Bachman is... What do you do? How do you do that? So when you, you find somebody who says they've been cured of homosexuality... And then you just like dangle a dick in front of their face, <laughs> <laughs> and see if like yeah, and see if they take a bite, if you know, and just yeah, see what if he happens goes for it. Um, start salivating, <laughs> measure his salivatory production rate. He's compared homosexuals to barbarians who need to be disciplined. And in two thousand five, oh, he, he delivered a presentation during which he introduced three people as former homosexuals as proof. That sexual orientation is a choice. Like, they were cured through his counseling. Hmm. So when you hear somebody like this, it's so Sounds like strange. to me. That, well, you hear somebody who runs an ex-gay, pray-away-the-gay clinic, who's so staunch, like, anti-gay marriage, and uh, anti-just-gay. Like, uh, he's obviously anti-homosexual. You gotta look he at him and about, say, He thinks about cocks and man-asses very often. A he's lot of his day is taking up with that. To thinking about cocks and man asses and how they, yeah. they they're not allowed to be with each other, but you think about except something in his like mind this. once in a while. Once in a while, in his mind, he does have to imagine them coming together because he has to have a clear picture of his enemy. Well, he's got to think of a way to stop it. So yeah, I'm sure he has to watch hours of gay porn just to think of ways yeah. to eliminate gay porn. You have to know your enemy. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure he studies it much like um, Sung Tzu. You know, yeah. it's a, the the art of war against homosexuality. I'm sure that's uh, Bachman's, um, you know, Bachman's skill set. That's what yeah. that's what he's studying. But what's funny he's about got a guy? A, he's, he spends a lot of time thinking about those gay barbarians and their sweaty, oiled up tactics. So when you hear somebody who's so anti-gay, the first thing that pops into mind is this guy's got to be a closet case. I mean, there's just no right. way. I mean, he's got to be yeah, a closet case. Much like, uh, who's the uh, minister? What was his name? It's, I'm blanking on it right now. He used Ted to run something. that mega church in Colorado. So anti-gay. I mean, there's, there's, not, there's not even just one. There's the black one, too. Yeah. Um, the and, white one's name was Ted something. Ted, and the black, yeah, I can't remember yeah, the black uh, guy's the, name. The, the guy that was busted with the, the prostitute high on methamphetamine. It's, it's the same thing. I do love when you, when you see one of these Republican hypocrites just totally busted so forthright. <laughs> I it's, was just going to say, you're a, you're a fighter of hypocrisy. You do love it. I just love when it's like hypocrisy that's just so glaring. But with, <laughs> with Bachman, as soon as you hear something like this, common sense says, okay, this guy's got to be gay. But who knows? You know, I haven't really heard his interview or heard him being interviewed. I haven't heard his voice. Today, I actually heard his voice on a video and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, without without a doubt, he's the gayest sounding man I think I've heard since uh, watching Waiting for Guffman. And so, so on this, uh, a couple different videos, uh, uh, websites I went to, they, they actually had a video of uh, Corky St. Clair, who is Christopher Guest character in Waiting for Guffman. Uh, uh -huh. Right alongside an interview with Dr. Marcus Bachman talking about how gays are barbarians or something. And their inflection, the tone of their voice is almost identical. Have you heard that? <laughs> yes, I have heard it. I think let I me, sent it to you. Yeah, let me, uh, let, me, let me play a little snippet from it. 
So the first guy here, you, you almost couldn't even tell. I almost want to, okay, you know, Wackily, we're going to do a little competition. Tell me who is who. See if you can recognize. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen Waiting for Guffman too many times. So I'm just going to know the dialogue. <laughs> all right. But all okay. Right. Uh, here's a little Dr. Marcus. Barbarians need to be educated. They need to be That's Christopher um, disciplined. <laughs> and just because someone feels it or thinks it doesn't mean that we're supposed to go down that road. That's what's called the sinful nature. And we have a responsibility as parents and as authority figures not to encourage such um, thoughts and feelings to move into the action steps. And let- you know, Wackley, I think you, have, I think you have a sinful nature. So that right there is Dr. Marcus Bachman, probably one of the gayest sounding men I've ever now, heard. Now, has that tape has that tape been modified? Did somebody put some type of a uh, like a gay harmonizer on it or something? Well, like a Lisp plug-in there? I don't, you yeah. know, I'm not quite sure. A, a Lisp because enhancer because you know how like you gay. can auto tune someone's voice. I wonder if you can like homosexual tune someone's voice. Maybe that's maybe what that's I'm what they did. But but listen to this. Okay, so you just heard Dr. Marcus Bachman. Now listen to Corky Sinclair. I had been living in New York and working there as an actor and director and choreographer for 25 years or so, and I really felt I needed a change. I imagined in my fantasy, I suppose, that, that when I came here, I would have a completely different life. Uh, perhaps um, a construction worker or one of those guys that works on those high wire things that, uh, with a hard hat, you know, that sweeping sort of hat the sweeping sort of hat you know what he's yeah. talking about wackily <laughs> i do so uh so that, that that's christopher guest doing corgi st Clair from the movie waiting for guffman brilliant movie let's let's play a little more dr marcus we have to understand barbarians need to be educated they need to be um disciplined and just because someone feels it or thinks it doesn't mean that we're supposed to go down that road that's what's called the sinful nature. and we- The gayest sounding guy I think I've ever heard. He's a complete bender. <laughs> who, could not, who could not see that? Even if he was talking about like something that wasn't so gay, I mean, gay barbarians, Jesus Christ. Dude, if he was talking about the weather, you'd still be like, are you gay? It's cool if you are. <laughs> are. I mean, are we being homophobic by making fun of the fact that there... I mean, he has gay voice, right? Okay, you know, you know what the it's thing is. It's not homophobic to acknowledge gay voice, right? It's not only it's not only his voice, though. Have you seen his mannerisms, his movements? It's like I saw this picture of him waving to some Tea Party fans, and he's totally got this like Queen of England kind of gay hand wave going on there. And I was looking <laughs> at the guy, and I was just like, God, there's so many signs to show that he's he's gay, but yet he's married to Michelle Bachman, and she's like parading him. You know, it's her husband, and they're virtuous, and they're against, you know, gay marriage, and they protect marital fidelity. How often do you think they have sex, Wackley? But that's what's creepy, is because she probably is, and maybe this is how religious people think, she probably is one of those persons, peoples, women, (laughs) who thinks that, you know, the purpose of sex is procreation, and if you're not making a baby, then, you know, you really, it's perverted to have sex. So think, she probably thinks it's great. I mean, do you think she knows he's a homosexual, or do you think she just assumes that he's a good Christian man who respects her body and would never violate it by actually trying to like go anywhere near her vagina when they weren't trying to make a child? I think she she is the classic case of the naive kind of um, 
I'd, I'd say that naive woman who's married to an obviously overtly homosexual man, much like Ted Haggard's wife, who still just kind of stands by him just because they're so blinded by religion and religious values that they that they couldn't even fathom that someone would be homosexual. They should have sent Ted to Marcus's. <laughs> we're gonna send, we're gonna send you to Marcus's uh, homosexual reeducation camp. You guys will get together. We're gonna be the best of friends. You know, I've tried. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just slamming each other in the in the fucking post-it closet. I made a call to uh, Bachman Associates to see if I could get an appointment for my brother to uh, be cured of his homosexuality because I think it's about damn time that he's that he becomes a normal human being that can contribute something to our society. And they just didn't even call me back. They didn't respond to any of my emails. Um, I just imagine Jeff showing up on the front in the lobby with his leather vest and no shirt and his nipple ring sticking out. What do oh, they? What do they great. do though? Like, what? How do you cure gay? Is, is it kind of? I picture like a Clockwork Orange scenario with your eyes being wide open. And you're, they're just showing Ron Jeremy videos. I mean, is that you know him like banging a chick? Is that what they do? Uh, I mean, don't you think the gay guys would just focus in on Ron Jeremy's cock? Yeah, they probably. Well, uh, how do you cure the gay away? Like, uh, I mean, how do you? Is it, is it just religious videos? I, I don't understand what they do. I don't know either. I told you. I mean, it could be aversion therapy. <laughs> That's what that. <laughs> or, uh, or so they just keep showing like gay porn, just hours of it, till you finally are like, I can't take it anymore. Make it me well, sick. What, there, there's one kind where you just make a person overdo it. I don't know if that's a version. And then there's the other kind where you, like, they they touch a cock and then they get a shock. Touch a cock to get a shock, <laughs> and you just keep repeating it. Touch a cock, get a shock. Or don't they don't they somehow like induce like a gag reflex or like uh, uh, you know they make people feel like they're they're getting nauseous if they see something. So do you think they show gay porn? And then somehow induce nausea, so it's like you you eventually just can't watch it anymore? Probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean, they, they, hypnotism, you know, all those ways that they may get people to quit smoking. It's like you could always just use those for smoking pole. Problem. Against possibly. smoking pole. I mean, what I look forward to, uh, we got to move on here, but what I look forward to is as the election progresses and the candidates become more serious and they start investigating their lives, their backgrounds, their spouses even further, I picture Dr. Marcus Bachman to crumble under that spotlight. I think he's going to come out as the gayest man that's ever lived. He's going to be emceeing pride parades. I think by the end, by next year, there's going to be a divorce. He's going to be emceeing pride parades. That'll I don't know. Cool. I'll go see him. <laughs> In San Francisco. But all I got to say to you, Michelle Bachman, is don't tread on my right to masturbate. Seriously, you'll never take a, get the Get yourself away. a good vibrator from Adam and Eve, because, you know, <laughs> you got to work that fucking vagina out once in a while. You will never take the porn away. So, Wacker, this is episode uh, 286 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last, or two weeks ago, we had a special episode last week, but I'm... Um, uh, we did three listener stories for episode 284. The first story was the Italian stallion who removed the uh, clamps baps, which uh, translates into he cut off some chick's yeah, titties no, and put a bunch of hair on it. Uh, second story is the mystery of the 35-pound bag of vomit and the I thought the lady was dead rapist was the third story. Um, you know, believe it or not, I thought the Italian stallion was going to win that one. The mystery of the 35-pound bag of vomit came in the victor. Yeah, that was the best one. 
I thought it was great. Opinion. I think it was because of the originality. It's like it's not often that we get to do vomit stories. So uh, that ended up winning uh, episode uh, two eighty four. Uh, congratulations, uh, listener two, for sending that in. Uh, you can email cigaronpodcast.com and claim your uh, cigaron care package. Uh, people, you know the way cigaron works. Wagner and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. Audience votes, and uh, yeah, the winner does win the coveted. Sick and wrong prize. I actually got the new stickers in today, so I was going to send some out to uh, some listeners who've won a couple shows, and they look uh, quite impressive, I think. Way better than our old stickers. They are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't wear, don't, don't like stick too many on your person because it'll look like you have a sinful nature. Sinful but, um, natures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people, you can send your Sigurong stories to com. Submit them via Facebook or through the Sick and Wrong form. we got a few good stories here for episode uh, 286. Before we get to that, quick word from our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. There's over 80,000 hours of audio programs and uh, 270 content partners um, to choose from here. Uh, 1,000 science and tech titles, 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles, and uh, in total, over 75,000 titles. That's a lot of fucking titles. That's a lot of listening. You would never yeah. be able to read that many books, but you can listen to that many books. Because there's Probably just, not. Yeah. You can listen to that many but You, you can listen while you're sleeping. It'll oh, okay. affect your dreams. It, does it still that. would take you several years. It'd take a while. So get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial today. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook. Wackily, let's kick off episode 286 with the first listener submission. First story here came in from uh, Matt. Matt writes, God bless America. 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 And this is a good, like, American story. I'm sure it's not the first uh, Fourth of July mishap, but it seems like every year on Fourth of July, someone uh, is injured from a fireworks incident. And so I I would guarantee that somebody is injured every year. Every year. And the degree people. of injury might change, but at least uh, probably a thousand people are injured every year. Well, this is oh, a no. rather high degree of injury. Um, police identify victim of North Fargo fireworks accident. This is Fargo, North Dakota here. Police have identified the victim of a, of a Monday night fatal firework accident as Jesse William Burley, 41 years old. <laughs> I think that makes the story even sweeter when he's 41. Because if he was like 18 or 20... You'd be like, well, right. he's just a kid playing fireworks. This guy's 41 years old. He probably either lives on his own or most likely lives with his parents. 41. Never. He's just a complete case of arrested development, still trying to impress his friends by getting the biggest, baddest, loudest firework. Well, are you sure he wasn't trying to impress his children? In which case, he gets more of a pass. They don't mention anything about children, but they do mention All something right. about his Neighbor. No no wife or kids. No wife or kids. Just a douchebag. Okay. Chris Hansen, not uh, Chris Hansen, who's just um, uh, from uh, to, 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 to Catch a Predator. Not yeah. that Chris Hansen. The other mm. one. 
Yeah, who was sexting his mistress. Did you, did you read about that? Wasn't super, uh, didn't think it was all that big of a story. I, you know, you would have thought it was a big story if she was 14. But she wasn't, so no, it's not 13. a big story. He's a guy who's cheating on his wife and sexting somebody. He's not a politician. No. He didn't try and cover it up, as far as I know. Um, Chris Hansen, not the Chris Hansen we were just talking about, <laughs> lives yeah. down the street from the victim, was packing up his car to leave North Fargo when the Forever. accident happened. <laughs> and that's why. Burley, his neighbor, was getting ready to set off a second round of what Hansen said he believes was either a homemade or illegal artillery shell firework. There's always one guy in the neighborhood that gets the best fireworks. Did you ever have that when you were growing up? It's like, you know, the whole neighborhood would be like talking about, like, oh, dude, Carl, you should see what he pulled in. He went down to Indiana, and he just got all those illegal fireworks, and he's going to have a big show. We should go over there at 8 o'clock. Yeah, I remember that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I recall, like, one of our uh, mutual friends who was telling me a story that there are all these, these two twins in his neighborhood. He remembers them when he was a kid. They had a houseboat, St. Clair Shores, Michigan. Oh, and yeah. they would just light off fireworks from their houseboat every year. It's a big deal. Everyone from the neighborhood would go out to see this massive firework display. One day, a firework ignited in the houseboat and then in turn ignited all the fireworks in the houseboat. The whole houseboat blew up. And these kids were like, these two guys, I think they were like in their mid-twenties, were severely like just completely disfigured. I mean, came out looking like Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. And so now... That's and, a story. But the funniest thing about it is the two dudes continue to do fireworks shows, but with safe fireworks like sparklers and snakes. <laughs> Even though they just look like these deformed, like, you know... Freddy Krueger style guys lighting smoke bombs. And, uh, ironically, now people come to just watch their disfigured, gross bodies. Well, that's what our friend said. Is uh, his parents would still be like, "Well, we got to go show support." It's like support what? You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Doesn't know how to light a firework. <laughs> so anyway, um, I imagine Burley's kind of like these guys that that were blown up on that houseboat. He went over in the middle of the street, and within 10 seconds of talking to everybody, he lit the first firework, and all they saw, or the second firework, the fatal one, all they saw was a cloud of smoke, a huge bang. What Chris Hansen saw next immediately led to shock. He walked up to Burley's body, and he claims it was nothing but his shoulders. So I, I'm thinking the guy just completely decapitated himself with his firework. I guess. I, you know, I wonder. I wonder if he's going to be like... You have the story. What, what does it say? Well, police are still investigating exactly what happened. But it appears that... He's completely the, hamburger now? He's not going to survive this? No, the, guy's, the guy died. Okay. It, it appears that the accident involves some type of mortar-style firework that caused the man's death. I, apparently, earlier in the evening, Burley called his neighbor Hanson over to his trailer to check something out. Uh, the keyword here is trailer. Uh-huh. Um, Burley showed they both him, have trailers. They both have trailers. And you know, this guy was known in the trailer park for having the biggest, baddest fireworks. Um, right. Burley showed him fireworks <laughs> that he had, that he had somehow come by that contained a warning that read, quote unquote, if found, please report to the U S government. That's the real <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, right there. And then so it he, obviously wasn't homemade. No. It, it must not have been. Right there and then, um, Hanson says, I knew that I had to get away because I was not going to be involved in that. His neighbor <laughs> ig ignited the first firework, Lies. which went off with no injuries but a big bang. 
Um, you could see the shockwaves in the air, he says. But an hour and a half later, he lit the fatal second firework, and the accident. And Hansen claims that this accident should be used as an example of how dangerous fireworks can be. Okay. Hansen Got claims it. that uh, I am never going to light a firecracker off again in my life. You know, he says <laughs> that a, now. Even a sparkler or a snake, huh? Well, he says that now, but after a few buds, a couple shots of SoCo, he's yeah. going to impress his girlfriend named Crystal and their six children. He's got to get some fireworks for that. Sparklers aren't going to cut it. I guess not. You know, you kind of have to get those Firework the Big Bang fireworks. Story. Yeah, exactly. I, I picture, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm glad this ass, I'm glad this asshole's dead because he's like usually the, you know, he's the guy who fucking blows up his neighbor's trailer, or sets the fucking whole park on fire. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, okay, there's a fire, there's a firework accident. You know, certain firework accidents that involve okay, he blew a couple fingers off, or maybe he injured his hand, or he shoved the fire bottle rock in his dog's asshole, and his dog's ass is all burned. This guy blew his entire head off with a mortar shell. On the, Wait, I'm, and what, just, kind of, what kind of trailer park asshole like, has to go steal a military explosive? Like, If you live in a trailer park, you, the first thing you should be able to do is make a pipe bomb. Yeah, you own. think, or, or at least, uh, uh, what do we used to make as kids? The, the Drano bombs? Yeah. You'd think they'd be making some, something like that. The more I hear about this guy and think about it, the less I like him. Well, on the Sigurong star scale, the fact that he blew his head completely off and his neighbors were just seeing shoulders, I got to give it a four. I think he deserved it. I'm giving it a three. You're giving it a three. That's harsh to whack Yeah. Me. I think he deserved it. He should have known what he was getting into. Everybody knew, you know. The one guy was scared of the things when he saw them. You're saying there's you a certain the risk involved when you're lighting illegal fireworks? This isn't. A, this doesn't sound like an illegal firework. This sounds like uh, an actual explosive device from the military. I wonder where. He, I wonder how he came by that. They don't actually specify where he, where he procured that item. Five finger, or in this guy's case, maybe three finger discount. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have here uh, for uh, the second listener story? I have a story sent in by Yasmin or Yasmin. I don't know how you pronounce it. And she's from Lund, Sweden. This is a story about some oldsters, some senior citizens that live in uh, the UK somewhere. Uh, let's let's get it going. Uh, the guy's name's Andrew Castle. He's a former shop worker, sh- shelf stalker or something, I guess. Uh, he has a 61-year-old wife. He's 61 himself. So they're, they're um, pensioners. Isn't that what they call old people there? They are pensioners, I would believe. They live in uh, somewhere by the shore. I can't, I can't find in the story. Uh, they retired. They live by the shore. They don't work anymore. Uh, oh, Knott's End on Sea. Uh, that's the town. <laughs> uh, they uh, were pretty happy together, it seemed. They, the neighbors believe they went on regular walking tours and cruising holidays. Not That's... That's like going on a cruise, not like cruising like your brother would do. So it's like, um, they were like a regular Wallace and Gromit kind of relationship, other than she wasn't a dog. She was a, a woman. You could say that. Yeah. 
But behind the scenes, Mrs. Castle found her husband domineering and controlling and had felt that his domineering and controlling nature had been increasing over the years. Uh, and uh, the last autumn, she actually asked him for a divorce. How many um, years were they married? Oh, a long time. I don't know. Why would she divorce <laughs> him when time. she was young? She, now she's an 18 old 18 years ago. Well, I guess they were kind of... Pro- they were already 40 when they met. So they were kind of old when they met. Huh. You know, you know, it just shit starts to grate on your nerves after a while. You think it's fine or you don't, e- you don't even notice it or you notice it and you think you'll be able to live with it. And then slowly over time, it builds up like a callus. I think a lot of women, though, exactly. I think a lot of women think that they can change a person, a man's behavior. And I think in this case, yeah. it's you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, and men think that the woman is never going to age or gain any weight. <laughs> That's the beer talking. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> they she asked him for a divorce quite a while ago, right? Like last fall, like three three seasons ago. Um, and but from that time till now, they were said to have been living separate lives under the same roof. Uh so it seems that Mister Castle Andrew Castle was not really happy about the divorce proposition. <laughs> he did. He felt the relationship was going fine. He the, still wanted to get up in that. No marriage counseling in the UK? I don't think people do that sort of thing over there, especially this age of a person. Um, so what did he do? He moved his armchair to the garage, you know, because he maybe needs some peace and quiet, wants to sit in the armchair out in the garage. You know, that makes sense. That think makes his sense. own thoughts, have a, have a Stella or two, smoke his pipe, whatever. Doesn't want to be agitated by the wife, her, her, right. her constant bitching. Well, I think in this scenario, it's like her constant icy silence. Oh, okay. She's so, done I mean, bitching at him. Yeah, she's probably the, the nagging, the complaining's over. Now it's just this like awkward silence. He's like, you know what? Yeah. Go in the garage. I'm going to the garage. But actually, he didn't move the chair out there to sit in it. He moved it out there so he could rig it up to a wire. <laughs> Who's this, Doctor Who? <laughs> Something like that. Or Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, on March 5th, he told his wife he wanted to chat about her desire for a divorce and got her to come out to the garage and sit in the chair. He told her he was going to kill her and, and grabbed it. <laughs> I don't know what this is. A 12-inch rubber kosh, C-O-S-S-H. I don't know. A piece of rubber tubing, I think. And he... Uh, Sounds like something sold by Adam and Eve. A kosh? <laughs> no, I don't think it is. It's not a cock. Not a deal, though. I don't know, but I, just, I mean, it's only a couple of letters of away from cock. I, it's something that probably has some heft to it, and you could you could beat the shit out of somebody with it. But remember, he's sixty-one, so he's raining blows on her head, and uh, but she grabbed a step ladder and was warding him off like a lion tamer. I get you know, I get the impression. Well, what's the deal with the chair? Why why do you make her sit down in the chair? Well, he tried to make it into an electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he used the rubber thing because he thought if he turned it on and he was accidentally still touching her with the rubber thing, or then he would be insulated from the voltage. Um, but she warded him off with a stepladder long enough to escape. Um, so she then... wasn't she wasn't shocked at all. Well, I think she was shocked that her husband was trying to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, but I mean, 
Okay, this guy she just managed made to deep. escape. She managed to escape before he was able to throw the switch, as they say in the executioner world. You know what though? Okay, this is the worst electric chair I've ever heard of. If this guy was Japanese, that woman would have been deep fried. Like I, I just That's don't. True. I just don't he think this just, guy could pull it off. He just connected it to like the standard outlet. You know, like wall outlet. And then what? Through a toaster <laughs> in a bathtub or something? I just don't. I mean, did no, she... no. She wasn't in the bathtub. She was in the chair. He just wired this like the metal part of his lounge chair into like the the outlet, the wall. That shit, fucking electricity doesn't kill you. Dude, I think... Have you ever shocked yourself out of like a plug with a wet hand or something? I think years of hurts Stella like has like decimated his brain cells or something to think that this would work. I mean, why, well, I mean, why not just take a? Say, cre- I mean, why are you even imagining that it was so smart before? <laughs> he might, he might have been retarded from the age of eighteen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I wonder what he was watching. Like, don't they put like a? I mean, if he was watching Wes Craven Shocker, he would have seen that they put like that 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 colander type metal conductor thing on their head. There's wires going out. It's not just one wire that shocks a person. It takes more than that. So you think it's the number of wires that's the issue? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking he just wasn't pumping enough volts. In there. I can't just wait. I can't wait to see D. Simon's electric chair attempt. <laughs> Mark, it's gonna I, be I, great. Next time you come there over, will be a a, colander, been, there will be a colander. There will be a though. Next time Get you come over, one. I have a chair for you to sit in. <laughs> don't don't use a plastic colander. I'm just giving you some tips here. It's a beanbag chair. <laughs> <laughs> you got to the electricity filled, hooked to the zipper. It's filled with poisonous darts. <laughs> Well, he then he now he's so distraught that he himself sits in the electric chair and throws the switch. But like I said, I don't think the I don't think the voltage was enough to really do anything. Um, so then he started trying to cut his wrist with the, uh, the worst the electric knife. chair ever. It is pretty bad. Yeah, God, it's just he failed so miserably on that front. He really did. I mean, he, he deserves to die. He probably wants to die. Uh, a neighbor found him bleeding in the back garden, crying, "What have I done? What have I done?" <laughs> Dude, he could have Castle. I mean, he could have licked an outlet. Yeah. It probably would have had more of an effect on him. Uh, or just put your wife in the car with the garage door closed and turn, turn the engine on. Just smack her across the head with a cricket bat. I yeah, mean, Jesus, the, yeah. dude, this guy, like, I don't know. He obviously doesn't listen to the show. No. Mrs. Castle was treated in hospital for minor head injuries. Uh, although, so all that complaining we did about a shitty chair... Uh, the prosecution, when he's in court, does claim that, you know, the chair could have given her a potentially deadly shock. <laughs> potentially deadly. Um, Castle in court immediately, or I'm sorry, when he was being investigated by the detectives right after the scene, he immediately admitted to what, uh, what he had planned to the detectives, and he described himself as, quote, a nutter. <laughs> oh, really? He is a... Uh, yeah, he's getting he's going to jail for ten years, which is uh you know if he's sixty one years old that's pretty much it for him right he's gonna get out and be seventy one. I'm, su- I'm and... surprised he got ten years. You'd think in England it'd be six months. Well, he's an he's a senior citizen. And no no crumpets for you. <laughs> have some have some compassion for the guy. He's going through a rough patch. So I guess this this means it's definitely a divorce. There's no working out this relationship. Oh, she's moved away already. <laughs> she I don't know why she didn't do that to begin with. The whole. Even just breaking up with a girlfriend where you're trying, like, you think she's got to get a new apartment or vice versa, you do, or you're both moving out and you try and live together for, like, 
uh, two months or whatever. It's just always so just ridiculous. It never works out. Yeah, the separation never works out. Like I've talked, I you know, I've gone through this, and I'm always like, well, guess I'm sleeping on the couch for two months. Great. But I've talked to people, I think girls both times, who's like, who have told me that they broke up with their boyfriends. But they still lived together for a month or two months together or whatever, and they still slept in the same bed, and they still fucked. What is up with that? Okay, then why are they ending the relationship? I don't know. Maybe that's an enlightened view. Like, I still like fucking. I just don't like you, so let's fuck. I don't know. As long as you're here. I think the best way to end a relationship is get get out of the house. Even if if you're renting an apartment together, just pay double rent for a month. Just get out. I I agree. I don't know. Or just don't even say anything. Just leave. <laughs> One day she comes home, all your shit's gone. No note. Just says, sit so in the long. chair, please. Yeah. Push button. So on the sick and wrong star scale, had this guy actually succeeded in electrocuting this woman, I would have been like, okay, wow, this guy gets a five star. I mean, how many dudes you know, are able to plan, come up with a plan where they can, they can kill their wives in such a, a flagrant fashion? But this guy failed on so many counts. I mean, first right. of all, like, but it's like a it's like a Benny Hill sketch, though. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't get any, don't I get any extra credit for that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, for humor, I'm going to give this a three point seven five. Whatever, it's at least a four. I'm giving it a four. All right. Just imagine the Benny Hill music as as like she's beating her with the hose, <laughs> and then they're they're chasing each other around she's the chair the for a little bit. And then she sits in it and then gets up and then he sits in it and gets up there. Running... <laughs> All right, I'm upping it to a four. The, a gorilla comes in. The, a gorilla comes into the garage at one point. Chases him no around and then the gorilla disappears yeah. mysteriously. No, I agree. Yeah. And that, that works. Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus, and uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head, I have to listen to Sick and Wrong. So the third story came in from uh, Barney. Barney writes, this is why Wankerly shouldn't have children or pets. And here's the headline. Can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Here's the headline. Drunk man tried to operate unowned dog. I don't know what Barney's implying there about you, Wankerly. Your personal life. That I would get drunk and operate on my dog. Yeah. That's what it's being implied. (laughs) Stuart Gibbs, 44 years old, has been charged with aggravated cruelty to animals. This happened in Chicago. Um, Alerted by reports of a naked man covered in blood, police rushed to a West Side apartment and found a highly intoxicated man who had been performing an operation on his pet Doberman, Foley. Well, I'd never have a Doberman. What what do you mean? What do you think they mean by highly intoxicated? They're they're not just saying intoxicated. This guy is highly intoxicated. Uh, I mean, what kind of a question is that? (laughs) I'm just saying, at what what point are you just intoxicated versus becoming highly intoxicated? Well, I assume when you make the decision to do something stupid like operate on your dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I, I'm picturing if this the guy. Co- I, if the cops are at your house, you're highly intelligent. If your cops are at your house because you're something you're decided to do while you're drunk, you qualify you're, for you're high, intoxicated. high intoxication. So Stuart Gibbs, Stuart Gibbs was charged with felony cruelty to an animal on Sunday after he told police he had tried to remove a cyst from under the dog's right ear. A bail of $75,000 was set for Gibbs, which, which I'm kind of surprised about, actually. Is, is that a crime to, to do some kind of, like, surgery on your, your own pet? I mean, it's not like he was neutering the dog. No. I mean, he wasn't, like, cutting be. the dog open and, you know, ripping out its vast deference and stitching it back up. I mean, he was just popping a cyst. He wasn't torturing it or intending to. I suppose you're, if you're doing surgery on your pet, you should have some sort of a anesthetic. Or maybe some kind of uh, experience or background or training. That might, that might, make, that might make sense. I don't you're know. Just, it might, might just be you're me. Just a, you're a supporter of the veterinary guild trying to have a chokehold <laughs> on animal <laughs> medical procedures. So Gibbs' landlord got a call from some other tenants in the building who said water was leaking into their apartments from the ceiling. That's not water. <laughs> well, the landlord knocked on Gibbs's door. He got no response, let himself into his apartment. He then said Gibbs ran toward him naked and completely covered in blood. The landlord also saw a blood-soaked towel in the apartment before he left to call police. I love how they say he just calmly was like, oh, excuse me, I got to go now. It's good yeah. seeing you. Didn't mean to interrupt. You know that you dude was like, put some what the on. fuck? Just running down the hallway while this naked man... I'm picturing something out of The Shining here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they made it sound. I wonder how many landlords <laughs> have to deal with shit like this though, on a regular basis. Like Most. this type of situation. Most of them. That's why I don't Always like... Always run li- a background check. Well, that's why I don't like living in a building where the landlord lives in that building. Like an owner-occupied building. I don't want Why? a building manager, but because you got to have like this guy's right there. So if someone's like, if there's a noise complaint, this dude's knocking on your door. It's like, I, well, I can, I mean, it doesn't I really like, have anything to do with landlords seeing fucked up shit unless you're doing fucked up shit. You want to be able, you want to be free to do fucked up shit is what you're saying. I'm just saying I, I like a little more um, liberty as a tenant than to, to have to have like, okay, I live right upstairs from my landlord. So I need to be on my best behavior. I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. Uh-huh. It was when you have, when you lease a place or you have an apartment from a, uh, a rental company, it's like, usually the landlord lives in like France or something and you don't even have to right. worry about it. You can do whatever the hell you want. You can You're cut free to your dog your, open, chop his you can balls have off. Electric beanbag party. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> So officers arrived at about 10 p.m. and were met at the door by Gibbs, whose hands were covered in blood and who appeared highly intoxicated. So I, th- I think your um, theory is right, Wackerly. If the cops have to show up, that means you're highly intoxicated. Although you could be highly intoxicated and the cops aren't there. But if they are, then you are. You are definitely highly intoxicated. He let the officers in. They found blood on the floor. Blood all over the walls of the hallway, kitchen, bathroom, and bedroom. They also found the Doberman with a wound under its right ear. I have a wound! (laughs) I just don't think this guy's a very adept surgeon. I mean, it's like if there's that much blood spraying all over just to pop a cyst, 
You know, I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, are you implying that the, in the surgery room there's no blood? I mean, come on. No, but I mean, I'm just picturing blood One man's wound is another man's everywhere. incision. Dude, this is like a Guar concert. There's blood all over the, the hallway, blood all over the bedroom, the dogs running around this big gaping wound. I think alcohol doesn't doesn't help a surgeon. It doesn't aid their abilities. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Study the hand. Yeah. Gibbs told the officers that he had been using a butcher knife to remove a cyst from under the dog's ear. I think that's the problem. He should be using butcher a scalpel knife, yeah. for that kind of thing. Well, just think about Hawkeye and Pierce. Like, they had that s- still in their tent. Oh, yeah. Those guys used to. But, I mean, that was also during a war. It's this war, goddammit. The rules are different. He said he had just turned on the water in the bathtub to clean up the dog. Gibbs told officers that he had been drinking earlier at Trump Tower. Um, he Ooh, then returned fancy. to his apartment and uh, had another half bottle of wine and then proceeded to perform surgery on his dog. <laughs> Don't you think if this guy's drinking at Trump Tower, had a bottle of wine, he could uh, probably afford to, to pay for some veterinary services? Yeah, he doesn't sound so white trashy. Now I'm yeah, I was, I was picturing I trailer. thought he was some kind of a you know garbage worker or something. I was ready to hear him like strapping an M80 to the dog's cyst and blowing off his ear or something. I mean, this just doesn't. This guy sounds like uh, you know like a, a socialite, like a rich a rich upscale white guy. Have you ever been to Trump Tower? No, I did. I've never actually been Neither there. Is it? I, I, I just did. wonder. I wonder if we're proclaiming our ignorance, like. In this, in the same way that people are like, "Oh wow, you rented a limo. You must be rich." <laughs> and then you actually go in a limo, and you're like, "This is disgusting." Well, I'm like just saying, old it, semen everywhere, and it's like fucking smells like an ashtray. This I just isn't think high it class would be. At all. I just think it would be different if the cops showed up and the guy had like you know a torn pair of sweatpants on and a wife beater that was covered in blood, and he was drinking like you know a fifth of Southern Comfort or Jack Daniels or something. And then was per- was performing surgery on his dog. This guy is like, right. you know. You're, but you're not following me. Maybe that's the type of person who does hang out at Trump Tower. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess uh, maybe. The, if, is if it that's the, the wine type of person that's, that goes to Trump the Tower. wine that's throwing you off? I'm just saying. It's like this guy just seems upscale. He's like, you know, I have a half caress of wine. And I'm about to <laughs> well, perform a little surgery on my dog. Like, there was not <laughs> no mention of a carafe. It could have been night train. <laughs> yeah, for all we know. Uh, Gibbs, wine. Gibbs did not claim to be a veterinarian, but he did tell officers that he was a cardiologist. Um, <laughs> but there is no state license information on Gibbs being any kind of a physician. Uh, Foley, the Doberman, was taken to an emergency veterinary center for treatment. Uh, Gibbs then gave up custody of the dog, and the Doberman is now in the care of Chicago Animal Care and Control. Uh, and nobody's Gib- adopting that thing. <laughs> it's gonna get put down. That, so now you now you have to ask the question: Was it better? Be you know, was the dog better off having you know a home and an owner that cared about it enough to perform try and remove a cyst, or is it better off being put down in the doggy gas chamber? Well, who's gonna who's going to buy a dog or adopt a dog with a deformed ear like that? Well, who's gonna adopt an adult Doberman Pinscher? <laughs> that's I think that's even even a fully healthy one. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, yeah, let's go, let's go down to the pound. Oh, there's this cute little mud over here that looks like Benji. Or my kids are going to love it. Or a fucking vicious Doberman pincher that, like, has issues from being abused. Do you think that dog was just, you know, while his master is out at Trump Tower parting it up, was just like, please, please come home with a woman. Please come home with a woman. The guy shows up, 
no woman. He's like, God damn it. He's going to perform some kind of surgery on me. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> oh, shit. He's cut the knife. Yeah. I could just imagine. That's what happened, except dogs don't talk. No. Yeah. I, I was, you know, anthropomorphizing <laughs> the animal. You've been, in, you've been in Hollywood too long. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was making really this into a Disney movie. This would become a Disney movie all of a sudden. So on the sick and wrong star scale, is it wrong, Wackerly, to operate on your dog? I think I think seventy five grand or whatever is excessive. I mean, I think you should have proper tools and, and environment and not be drunk. How many pets have you had in your life? Oh, I don't know, four or five. I never performed surgery on it. <laughs> you never got really drunk and just looked at him and like, you know, I can give you a better looking ear than that. No, or your eye, that lazy eye. I'm going to cure that lazy eye right now with this fork. You never did nope. that. <laughs> no, I never fucked any of the animals either. People uh, you do know, eat their goldfish though when they're drunk. I've heard of that happening. Yeah, I never like would have. Uh, but but then again, it's like think about I never this. Never wings to any gerbils either. <laughs> but are you one of those people that if your cat or your dog had some kind of debilitating injury, you would pay five thousand dollars to fix it? Because vets, know. think about how much this vet probably charged to to remove or pump this cyst. Probably, I'm, I bet you it was like two grand. Extraordinary yeah, veterinary costs. Well, what do you gonna? What do you have to compare it to? Nothing. That's I think that that's how the vets fuck you over. You're like, I don't know. Is that reasonable? Who gives? I don't know. <laughs> You're the vet. I guess you must be right. I'm gonna Not say, I'm gonna say just the fact that. Um, had this guy just like, you know, been caught or like had a, you know, like his girlfriend over there and she's like, oh my God, what are you doing to your dog? But it wasn't as messy. Just the way the circumstances, the fact that he was performing this operation naked, he's covered in blood. There's blood all over the hallways. He had a butcher knife. I'm going to give this a 4.5. Circumstantial. Circumstantial. No, I'm just saying. Because oh, the, the circumstances. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'll give it a 4.5. I still think that dog's going to get put down. <laughs> it probably was happier with the crazy drunk naked guy. It's in Chicago. Oh, well. maybe, maybe Oprah will adopt it. Who knows? Uh, people, we she invite doesn't live, you. She doesn't live in Chicago anymore. Oprah. <laughs> she's Santa Barbara all the way now that she's retired, I bet. People, we invite you to decide who won uh, this episode uh, 286 here, Sick and Wrong. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com and vote. Uh, Wackerly, we're nearing the end of the show here. We've got a few phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. And a couple emails. Uh, the Sick and Wrong Podcast at Hotmail.com. Great. Um, yeah, let's get to... Uh, uh, before we get to the first call, actually. Uh, here's this is, uh, does this sound all right? This is my new technique for the end of the show. <laughs> I, I lean back and I hold the microphone in my hand like a stand-up comedian. So are you saying this is like more of a relaxing pose for you instead this is of like, like the down-to-business pose? This is like during the talk show, the main part of the talk show, you know, the host sits behind the desk, but then sometimes at the end, he'll come out in like a different area in like a lounge chair, and maybe he'll have a pipe and do sort of the more relaxed closing segment that you watch right, that lulls you off to bedtime. I guess, I, you know, I guess it sounds all right. I, I guess I could okay. see that. It kind of you kind of look like to me you kind of look like Jerry Lewis about to go and like give a you know kid with MS um, like a little shoulder massage and then maybe you say something then give the mic to that kid, right? 
you know what I'm talking about with a close yeah. spotlight on me. Yeah, with a close, close spotlight. Light. I think yeah. I said MS. I meant MD. Isn't it MD? Isn't that what he does? I don't know. All I know is Jerry Lewis is a consummate entertainer. So if he can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to our first call here, the Sick and Wrong Hotline, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. It's butt plug month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE, that's D-I-D-D-L-E. So people, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. Uh, let's play uh, call number one. Hey, Dan Lance, this is Crap on a Bike. I just wanted to comment on the episode 282 with, that you had D with Sleazy. The girl that could orgasm from doing sit-ups, uh, yeah, that same phenomenon happens to me. Sit-ups, pull-ups, I am just a hot mess at the gym. It's, uh, it's actually called a corgasm. It has something to do with the abdominal walls and uh, an orgasm. But anyways, it happens. It's amazing. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Bitch, you crazy. <laughs> what? I didn't even hear this thing that she's talking about. I think she's referring to, uh, we had an email where this guy was saying that his he was with this girl who orgasmed so easily. She could just move. She could like do the split. She could bend over, just orgasm. And I was mm. saying that I, I was sounds calling, like Sounds like a faking attention whore to me. I was Orange, calling. It's orgasm all the time. I was calling fabrics on. I was like, yeah. you know, there's no way that this that this could be factual. Like the fact that a girl could orgasm so easily. But maybe, I mean, there's a chance that there are some girls that are like completely multi orgasmic. I mean, it's just so easy for them to orgasm. And according to Hot Comp here, Hot Comp on a bike. I wonder if the bike <laughs> makes her orgasm. So when she's doing yeah. her patrol, she's like constantly having an orgasm. Yeah, this is hot cop on a bike. She's called him before. All right, I believe her. But yeah, it's probably like, oh yeah, sit ups make me come. But sh- sh- you know, like this giant vibrator, it just can't. I can't get off from it. You know. <laughs> but I mean, would you want to date a girl that came that quickly? No, I think it would be obnoxious. So if okay, I mean, so- I mean, if she came quickly in the bedroom, that'd be great. And we have multiple orgasms, fine. Yeah, that's fun. But if she's if she's literally like getting out of the car. And like scrunching her stomach to get out of the car, and she's having an orgasm in the Costco parking lot, like on <laughs> multiple occasions. I'm it's gonna get on my nerves. What about like a, a coworker? Could you imagine if you had a coworker that was like constantly orgasming? No, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this would be like, yeah. I mean, I think this would be debilitating for your normal life. I don't know. I I just find it hard to believe. I think I would this- find it very hard to be motivated. <laughs> I think what a hot cop needs to sleepy. do is hot cop needs to take a video of her doing her exercise routine, mm-hmm. and then we can decide whether her, or not she's actually having an shorts. orgasm. In her no, bike no. shorts and her cop shirt. Although you got to admit, though, in the bedroom, I think it'd be quite nice if a girl orgasmed that quickly. A lot less is she work. like a Pillsbury Doughboy? Like you poke, poke her in the stomach, and she goes, "Teehee! Oh, I just came." <laughs> Because I would just be poking her in the stomach all the time, you know. The second call we got here um, was from a guy who's called in the past. You might recognize this one. 
Hello, I'm just calling to give Wackerly an update about what's happening in Tokyo after the massive earthquake. And uh, I'll just give you the guy. update in the only way that I can, which is in terms of farts and shitting. <laughs> so anyway, I called a long time ago about with a story about how I farted at work. And uh, since then, I've changed jobs, and it's actually more awkward now. because. Do you remember this guy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese have a very good attitude about farting. He was that guy that was talking about the attitudes of the Japanese towards um, flatulence. So didn't he this. call in again about a roommate that had like a bloody ass problem? I, yeah, I think that was that guy back too. In, back much, in that might have been a different way. English guy. All English people are always constantly calling the hotline talking about bloody asses. Mm. I don't know bloody ass. In the sure. in the toilets, we have the crones again. You know, before I was scared to fight in front of the crone who was in the toilet. But now, in the new place, we don't have the electric dryers that make all noises that can, you know, disguise farts. There are paper towels. And also, the toilets have really short flushes, so you can't disguise the sound of your shit hitting the water. And also, there are no doors in the toilets. This is probably the most, like, timid, polite man I've ever heard. I've ever heard of him. I mean, dude, who does that? Why would you time or try to camouflage a noise if your feces falling into the bowl by timing it with a toilet flush? Because of the crone. Okay, now I can understand if you're first time hooking up with a chick or something, you're at her house and like the only bathroom's in her room and then you go in there and you gotta like totally drop a load and you're like, okay, I'm gonna try to camouflage noise so she thinks i'm just urinating i can understand that this is at work who cares i almost think it's bragging rights yeah you I mean, just blow that shit up leave oh, the dude, door open when you leave it's like a trumpet back there it's like uh yeah john coltrane i don't even care i'm just like <laughs> i was like i'm going to i want to make sure that that guy when he goes back to his cubicle is gonna be like dude there's some guy just unleashing holy hell in that stall <laughs> Sounds like he's throwing like a fucking bag of marbles into the toilet. It sounds like a jazz concert or something, you know. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I don't get this like this this timidity. So you have all that awkwardness, but with the earthquake as well, just across the corridor is where our little office room is, and all of the doors are kept open because of the earthquake. So all of the doors are open. I just can't shit. Because I think everyone can hear me. So all day I'm holding all my shit in. I can't shit. I'm constipated. And uh, this, you know, this wouldn't be so bad. But a couple of days ago at work, I was just holding it all in. And uh, I just ended up just farting at work, just sitting there as I worked alone. And I tried to, I knew it was coming. I tried to kind of create an air locker between my ass cheeks and my office chair. You know, just tried to uh, keep it all in there, but it didn't. That never works. This is like the end of Alien 2. <laughs> He's Wait, like Rip- Ripley in that big yellow construction be- equipment thing, robot, and just oh, that, that, fighting that, the fart. The forklift, Trying to yeah. get it out the airlock or keep it in the I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Working, it all leaked out. And there was this old Japanese guy who was sitting near me and I could tell he'd smell it because he was like uh, 
fiddling with all these papers and he was like wafting the fart back towards me as if to say, I didn't do that shit. It's really embarrassing, you know, so I have to take back what I was saying about the Japanese having an admirable way with farting. And uh, to top it all off, a couple of days after that, I was walking through the corridor and there were two toilet crones walking the other way. And one of the crones, as I walked by, let out this fucking massive fart. And it was as if she was taunting me. Wow, so a woman. About farting. Anyway, that's, you know, that's uh, the extent of the effects of the earthquake in Tokyo. Hope you Sounds enjoyed like she made story. an earthquake. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing about the earthquake in that call. <laughs> Well, I, Although I just the earthquake would have like, been a good, the earthquake would have been a good opportunity to mask the sound of your fart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that dude could have just like completely just unloaded in that toilet during that earthquake, and no one would have yeah. even noticed. What's that sound? Oh, the nuclear reactor is exploding! Oh, now's my chance. <laughs> <laughs> Mushroom cloud. <laughs> would have been great. I just okay. I mean. We can't really cure this guy of his his ailment here. I mean, I don't even. It's it's almost like a social disability. I mean, it's shit in the morning before you go to work. Well, no, I mean, I understand being paranoid about somebody hearing it, but I just feel like if you're at work, people shit. That's what happens. You know, yeah, I'm, you're. I'm, I believe your theory is that. Uh, how do you put this? <laughs> that the toilet is like a free fire zone. You can pretty much do anything in the bathroom and nobody's allowed to tell you that you're gross. I think once that, that door theory? is shut, you're in your own room. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Other the stall than, door. Well, the stall. Other than the fact if you're, you know, in in, in at like a girl's, you're spending the night at a girl's house and you're in her bathroom. Well, we're, uh, we're talking about work. I mean, at work, dude, like. you know, you go in there, you're anonymous, unless people can recognize your shoes, which is probably not going to happen. You're anonymous. <laughs> just do it up. Do whatever you need to do. Do your handle do your you, business. Uh, how do you feel about excessive grunting? Like, to the point where it's gratuitous. The, see, what happens, I start laughing. Like, if I'm if I'm, like, washing my hands or something, and some guy's, like, you know, even if it's just, like, a really just loud obnoxious fart i'm gonna start laughing and be like that was awesome <laughs> but i feel like the the plops and the farts i mean you you can't really i mean other than trying to mask the sound with some other sound you can't really control that but, but if a guy's in there or a gal is in there like oh god yeah oh this is gonna be a good one oh shouldn't eat that burrito <laughs> how many people that's do like that? that you can control that I mean, okay. All right. I, I kind of agree with you. Don't take an egregious shit at work. No. Just handle your business. If there's a couple farts, if there's like some, you know, louder than usual plops, yes, that happens. Don't don't vocalize your shit at work. No, definitely not. You can do it at home, though. What, what do you think about people that talk on the cell phone while they're, uh, while they're, while they're defecating? You ever seen that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's off limits, but I, I have heard people do it. The funny thing about that is, I think they assume that people can't tell they're in the toilet, but you can totally tell. There's an echo. Well, when not you, only when that, you, when you're talking, especially a work toilet that's all tile, like some people's 
home toilets are just kind of like a normal room with a toilet in it. But work toilets, they're often like all hard surfaces. You can you can tell when somebody's in the can. You know what's funny? The CEO of my company is a he's a a very frequent cell phone shitter talker. Mm-hmm. Like he's on his cell phone all the time, and even when he's taking right. a shit. And I think he's one of those guys that has that uh, that 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 notion that you know no one can tell that they're in the bathroom. So when I yeah, hear him, he's an, as most CEOs, he's probably almost a sociopath and pretty oblivious to the rest of the it's world. It's oblivious to the rest of the world and their feelings and their their concerns. So anyway, when I hear him in that stall talking on his cell phone and having a business meeting, I'll just f- keep flushing the urinal like maybe 10 times just so people know that the guy is having this conference with them from the shitter. Have you heard Amy Sedaris's technique? What does she do? She'll be on the phone with somebody. Well, this is what she says. She'll be on the phone with somebody while she's on the toilet, and she'll like you know, be pushing, and then they'll say, "Are you in the ba- Are you in the bathroom? Are you on the toilet?" And she goes, "No, I'm just trying to get the lid off this peanut butter jar," <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a good technique. That's a good idea. That's better than camouflaging with a flush or a sink noise or something yeah. or an, and a hand dryer. Yeah, come up with something. Come come up with something creative to say. So there you go, and then, man. And then we will repeat it and make people laugh by ripping you off your joke. <laughs> so here's the last Anyways. call we got. The cigar hotline number three. What's up, fuckers? Uh, this is Chris in Jacksonville, Florida. Just calling to see you. Love your show, guys. Uh, been listening, listening to every episode. Really dig it. I am just concerned about what happened to your former sponsor, the Reach Around Foundation. I mean, I believe if you go all the way back to the very beginning of the show, you, no. they were contracted to sponsor you for 290 or so shows, and we're only at 260, and you ditched them for Adam and Eve long ago. What'd you do with all that money, fuckers? You bastard. God damn, Steven. It's a good question. It's it a good is. question. Well, whatever happened, the, the, the Reach Around Foundation... Never really came into fruition. It was it was a company that that we had started, and it just <laughs> never really panned out. Well, yeah, but then we assigned it to that CEO, and we said, "Well, we're just going to work on the show, and you can run the day to day operations of the reach around." It wasn't really a CEO; he was like you know a, a partner of ours. But he did kind of yeah take over the company, and we just were going to continue doing the show. But they never really gave us any real money. His checks were like bounced all the time, and well, no, okay, we, just we stopped had, talking about it. We had unlimited access to the barnyard animals; we could pet them and frolic uh, all we wanted. Um, but but he never really got the animals that I wanted. Like, remember when I tried to get those koalas, and he was like, "Well, you, well, I'll work on that. I'm get them on order." And like the koalas never showed up. It was always like that one mangy goat. And then there was like you know like that cow that had one eye, yeah, and that that that, that like disgusting sheep that that looked like it had like sciatica or something. I don't even know. It's disgusting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it had a bad back. You can tell. <laughs> I don't know. It had twisted, contorted spine, like pet cemetery. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was you know, kind of a it was a piss poor collection of animals. I it really say. was, and I think that's why that company ultimately was never successful. Like, it, okay, the, the reason why that company I thought was fail safe and it was totally going to work and it's going to be a huge success, and I wanted to represent them, you know, through doing a show as uh, popular as our show is, 
um, is the fact that okay, it just sounded like a good idea. It's like they're going to go to children's hospitals where kids had terminally ill diseases. They're terminally ill. They had diseases. They were incurable, and they're going to give them a little moment of joy. Just pull right. up in a truck and say, "Here, you can pet a cow. You can pet a goat. You can pet a koala bear if you're in Australia." But um, you know, they never it never panned out. Like that guy, I think was all talk. He was inept. Well, but then there was that big problem. Remember with that with I think Oakland Children's Hospital, where you know the people who ran the hospital had some crazy idea that like exposing. Um, you know, children with already compromised immune systems to these, you know, uh, admittedly these kind of disease, disease-looking <laughs> filthy animals that we had was, like, not the best idea, which I thought they were being overly cautious myself. Well, my I thing mean, is, the, the kids the are going to die anyway. animals down once a, once a month. Yeah, and, like, the, those kids are, like, going to die in a couple months anyway. Why not die soon? It's, it's, does it really make that big of a deal? At least let, at them, least pet let them, the... them pet something fuzzy. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I think all in all, it all came down to money. It's like that guy did not run a successful business, was not paying us on time. Adam and Eve, they pull through. People order dildos. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It's like there's. So they have a better business model. There's barnyard animals for Down syndrome kids or with terminal diseases, and then there's vibrators. People are going to keep buying vibrators. They have a better business model. I think that's all there is to it. Do you think we should get Adam and Eve to go to some children's hospitals and bring, I don't know, like a sex show? A little bit of joy. I think that would work. Although I, I could see people having issues with that as well. You're so protective well, of those children. I mean, people always fear the new, new yeah, ideas. That is true. That's true. Oh. So there you go, caller. Uh, Reach Around Foundation. I, you know, I mean, maybe they're still in existence. I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the guy was a reproachful drunk. I don't, I don't want to get too personal here, but um, we ended up having to sever, sever ties. I mean, it was just yeah. inevitable. So, But, oh. you know, I, I don't want to burn the bridge. If he ever came back and I thought he had his shit together, we, I think we could form another partnership. I always I always back that business. I, I always – their message, their their – you know their their goal. I always I always appreciated that and support. I just it. I like my free access to petting. I I like barnyard animals. Like that's the thing. It's like you go to a petting zoo now at a zoo and you feel like a pedophile because we don't have children. You know we'll just be no. by ourselves wearing yeah. a trench coat and shorts, and uh, you just want to pet some of those animals and feed them, and then you can't because you're you look like a pedophile. So it's nice to know that we could go pet those animals and not feel like a child Yeah, monster. I mean, like, fucking society, man. Like, who who are who is society to say how old is too old to enjoy a petting zoo? Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more, Wacko. Right. Uh, people call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. Uh, we, did, we have time for one email here uh, that was sent to the Hotmail address, sickandwrongpodcasthotmail.com. Oh, this comes in from Timothy. He says, I don't know which one of you reads these, but I basically started watching Battlestar Galactica because of Lance's love of it. While I'm enjoying the show, I just want to know if at the end of the third season, you also were brought to fits of laughter when the characters started reciting the words to All Along the Watchtower. I couldn't take it. While this moment was corny as all hell, I'm still pumped to watch the last season where hopefully Bob Dylan's going to fly off of Earth and save the fleet. Timothy. 
What the hell is he talking about, Wacker? I don't, I don't know the show well enough to know this. Oh, it would take a long time to explain. But, uh, yeah, there's the end of the third season, I guess. All these separate people start hearing this radio song throughout the episode, or maybe even the last two episodes, and they don't know where it's coming from. Oh, my God, what is that? And you can't really tell what it is because they're just playing like little tiny parts of the instrumental. And then at the last minute of the last episode of the season, they're all in separate parts of the ship, and they all, in unison, start singing all along the watchtower. That's pretty damn corny. And you know what? I mean, you've you've heard me say multiple times that the first three seasons are great, and the last two I really was disappointed. I thought they sucked. I guess that's the beginning of why it sucked. And I don't (laughs) even remember... That started to suck? The shark was being jumped? Like right there. Right, and I don't think they ever even adequately explained why there was a Bob Dylan slash Jimi Hendrix song permeating the airwaves, and these four people could hear it in space. Where was <laughs> the music coming even... from? What, how was it being broadcast? Well, they're robots, so it's like being you know transmitted into their heads. They didn't know they were robots until that moment. Were they iPod players, or were they just regular robots? They were like futuristic iPod seventeen thousand S version. So okay, I guess in closing, is it worth worth it for this guy to watch the final two seasons? Well, I don't see how you can't because at that point you're so into it, and and me saying that the last two seasons sucks, seasons suck aren't going to convince anybody. Uh, he's just going to have to check it out for himself. But what, what I guess what I will say is if you start watching the fourth season and you, like me, are thinking, wow, this is pretty awful compared to the first, what I was used to, I hope it gets better. I'll just tell you right now that it does not get better. It, in <laughs> fact, gets worse until the very end. When it's, it, do, it doesn't get better at the end. It gets worse, and then it ends, I guess I should say. So there so, you go. That's my Basil Star Galactica rant. From one nerd to another, it does not get better. It yeah. does, but the first, if like you know, after you get it, after they got through the first couple episodes of the first season, you know, they really hit their stride. The first and second seasons are incredible. All right. Well, uh, if you they're... if you like if you like like action and like space, big fucking space battles and big spaceships blowing the shit out of each other with missiles and shit, it's really cool. I prefer sex with a woman, but that's just me. But there's lo- okay, but there's lots of sex in it also. <laughs> I prefer real sex with a woman. <laughs> Whatever. You have a living girlfriend. You guys aren't fucking. Everybody knows that. <laughs> People, if you haven't already, it's time for you to join up with the Sick and Wrong Forum. It's time for you to become a member of the Swarm. I mean, not only might you meet a potential love mate or find a, a new enemy, um, you can learn something. Like I, I was reading the other day that Newfie thread... Uh, that was started by uh, Crusher. I'd, say, I'd right. say that's almost the most interesting and educational thread on the Sick and Wrong Forum. <laughs> Aren't there like three posts in the thread? Yeah, but even you got into it, chimed into it, and started writing the history of Newfoundland. I just cut and paid something because I thought that Crusher was claiming that we were completely wrong about uh, Newfoundland be- having a lot of Welsh influence. And so I went to Wikipedia or something and found a, a, a paragraph talking about the Welsh influence. But but there anyway. you go. I mean, it's people say the forum is just this like epicenter of depravity, but it's not 
only depravity. Yeah, okay, sure, there's a random picture thread. Sure, there's a, an asses thread. You know, um, but, but then again, you can also learn something at the same time. So I, I think you should yeah. join up. <laughs> The asses thread has invaded my little area of the forum. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm getting some backlash for my critique of the open hole porn. Yeah, I know. I appreciated that because uh, then there's a whole like, you know, like I don't know, like 30 pictures of more buttholes. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that, Waggerly. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not averse to the butthole. I'm just saying. <laughs> People, go to cigarettepodcast.com, click on forum, become a member. Uh, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. We need more ratings, please. I'm not going to beg here, but I'd like to reach a thousand uh, before the end of the year. I mean, we're close. We're close. We're like. Uh, and then you're going to put uh, S and W on your nutsack and put a picture up. I really wish you would stop bringing that up. I, I think I said that in passing a long time it's ago. It's on the tape. It's not like people aren't going to find it. I, mean, I think they forgot, though. I mean, think about all the marijuana that these people smoke that listen to the show. They can't Didn't we just rem- go off about the Reach Around Foundation, which was like over 200 episodes ago? All right. I will, like, okay, I'll write sick and wrong on my nuts if we can get 1,000, but we got to get that soon. So go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, give us a rating. Uh, also, the best way to support Sick and Wrong is to buy a Sick and Wrong t-shirt. Sick and Wrong clothing. Sick and Wrong apparel is the best way to represent the show, especially the new Quado tees, dude. I mean, talk about a conversation piece. You wear that thing out, people are going to come up to you and be like, dude, what's that disgusting garbage pail kid on your chest? And you're like, it's not a garbage pail kid. That's Quado from Total Recall. Although garbage pail kids are pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah. I like how they look so similar. I kind of wish yeah. maybe maybe he was a garbage pail kid in the I movie. became the ruler of Mars. Yeah, sure, why it, not? it could be. So, now so, you're, try, you're trying to get me to, to model the t-shirt and put a picture up because you think I'm like uh, such a role model to the You're fans. influential, Wackerly. Mm. People, people look up to you. They respect mm. you. So if you put a picture of you modeling the sick and wrong tee, I think people would say, hey, you know what? If that shirt looks good on Wackerly. It would look good on me. How much uh, nutsack should be dangling below the hemline? <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I didn't say anything about shirt cocking. You're not going to wear any <laughs> pants in this picture? Oh. Well, who are assumed. you, a 19, like 80s porn star? <laughs> I just, just socks. <laughs> I double dog dare you to do that. Uh, people go to sickandwrongpodcast.com. I think the female listeners' panties would, would uh, co- coincidentally... Uh, simultaneously all burst into flames across the country. Talk about a corgasm. Jesus. <laughs> corgasm meltdown there. Yeah. Uh, go to sickerwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy yourself a quad OT before we run out. All right, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week uh, was sent in by Brett. Brett writes, I imagine that this is the song that Lance listens to when he's wanking to tranny porn. And uh, he sent in, I had never actually heard this. It's kind of funny. Iron Maiden, the Trooper, the Bossa Nova version. You ever heard this? No. Bossa Nova, what's that? It's like with the brushes on the... Yeah, but it's a specific type of jazz where they have the brushes on the snare drum, that type of thing. Yeah, I hate jazz, but I think so. But if you (laughs) you go to, if you type in Iron Maiden, the Trooper, Bossa Nova, and you check out the video, the video is kind of funny because it's actually the real, it's a live uh, video of them doing the Trooper. Uh, There's a bunch of other, like, uh, smooth jazz versions of, and I kind of like these arrangements of metal songs. There's a smooth jazz version of Sad But True by Metallica and Crazy Train. 
Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're done by the same guy. But we're going to end the show with the uh, the Trooper, the Bossa Nova version. Okay. Um, by Iron Maiden. Thank you, Brett, for saying that in. People, we'll be back next week with episode 287. Till then, take a seat. <laughs>